Hello, I am Tracy Hitchings. My guest today is Jimmy White, who announces for ABC Gold Coast Radio Station 94.1. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and good night to you wherever you are across the globe. I am transmitting from the Gold Coast in Queensland, Australia. You have tuned into Tracy's Prog World. Hello, you gorgeous, delightful and delicious, wonderful listeners. I have got something to serve up for you on a platter today. We have TV and radio royalty. Jimmy White, who has been 56 years in the business, is here going to share with us mere mortals, experiences and the changes in times in which he has evolved. So as Jimmy is zooming into TPW, who's graciously taking off his work earphones to chat with us, you guys out there. So a big and a very warm welcome to Jimmy White. Hi, Jimmy. Hi, Tracy. Good to have you here with me today. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's such a privilege to be with, um, you know, Australian royalty. And um, I've been aware of, of you for some time, heard you on the radio many times, of course. You're part of the, uh, well, you're, you're part of the Australian um, furniture, really, aren't you? We don't yeah. want to, we wouldn't, where would we be without you? <laughs> it's been a long time, yeah. Oh, yeah, you've, you've really been out there giving service to the public. So, so Jimmy, um, you were born in Brisbane in 1947. Yes. An only child to a father who was a bookmaker, a mother, a homemaker. Yeah. And you attended a primary school. Well, it was a Catholic school, I think, wasn't it? A Catholic primary school. Yes. Yeah. And later you went on to die La Salle Brothers College in Scarborough. That's the one, yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. And just for anybody out there listening, it's not Scarborough in England, it's Scarborough in Australia, guys, don't you? That's it, yes. <laughs> so, um, yes, yeah, so that's what you did. You went to that place in Scarborough. And then, um, not interested in any of the subjects offered at school, you got a guitar at the age of 16 years of age. And uh, rumour has it, Jimmy, that you played some of your songs to a young Barry Gibb yes. of the Bee Gees at the time. And I'm sure you can explain that a little later. I'll let you give that one away. So, All right. And Jimmy, uh, you joined the Australian Network at, um, I think he was 17 years of age. Is that correct? Around about 17, yeah. Not quite 17, but uh, yeah, I get into it. And you, that was after a broadcast and training course, I believe. Is that, is that That's also? Right. Yes, yeah. So, yeah, good point. Intel's okay so far. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. And now, your first job at Roma, which just for anybody out there, it's not in Italy, guys. This is in mid, I think it's in the bush, isn't it, Jimmy? It's Roma in the bush. Yes. Yeah, it's it, from, from where I was at Scarborough, about 350 uh, miles back in yeah. those days, uh, in the bush, yeah. yeah. Yeah, West West Queensland, yes. So your first job was at Roma, which is not in Italy. It's uh, here in the bush in Queensland. Yes. And uh, yep. that's at Radio 4ZR. Is that correct, Jimmy? That's right. Yeah, yep. 4ZR yeah. Roma. Yeah, yeah. Tracy. And in 1960, that was in 1964 itself, was it? Yeah, 1964. Yeah, I was a training announcer there. Yeah. And uh, they finally gave me the drive time shift and I did a Saturday morning show. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that was at the time when the Beatles were at number one with I Want to Hold Your Hand, wasn't it? I remember playing I Want to Hold Your Hand in 1964 at 4ZR on a Saturday morning. 
And then I'm going to just give a bit of a synopsis on the variable places where Jimmy worked over the years. So stick your feet up, guys, because this guy's worked. Okay. And uh, so, Jimmy, you went to, and please do correct me with my um, tripping tongue if if I've got things a little incorrect, but uh, you did go and work in Radio 4KQ in Brisbane. Absolutely. Then Radio 41P in Ipswich. Yes, that's right. And guys out there, not Ipswich, England, Ipswich in Australia. <laughs> and then and then back to 4Q, sorry, 4KQ, Brisbane as a full-timer, Jimmy, wasn't it then? for that? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah then Radio yeah. 2MW, Mwollumbar in New South Wales. Then up to North Queensland on Radio 4LM, Mount Isa. Now, that's out in the bush. I wonder if you were out there with a the flying doctor. You'll have to tell me that later. Um, well, he was stationed up there. So there you go. That's Dr. Prog the flying doctor so anyway you returned to radio 41p in ipswich in 1968 at um and you were doing the midnight dawn show weren't you was that for, for punishment yeah yeah well the the uh, the program used to finish at 11 o'clock at night and uh, when i came back down from frolio mount isa i uh, was taken back to 4ip in ipswich and they called it actually color radio 4ip back in those days and uh it no longer exists today and i became their first ever midnight to dawn announcer oh really there you go then you went for a stint in the country at radio 4 gr in toowoomba yeah how was toowoomba i've not made it out to toowoomba yet it's about two or three hours um inland west of here yeah 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 one of the second largest cities in queensland um it had a big listening audience uh i used to do nights again 4gr toowoomba gosh and then um, I then transferred myself to one of the Brisbane stations, 4BH in Brisbane, yeah. Oh, right, yeah. So that I was just about to say that, you see. So I've got that. So thank you for that. And and then after that, for, um, 4BH, um, you were then taking a trans-Australian crossing to Radio 6KW in Perth. Yep. So now you're really flying around big time, Jimmy. So it's uh, it's all set in, becoming set in stone. And it wasn't long before the East Coast beckoned you back from, to um, Radio 4BK Brisbane, which was the final step before you joined the television network. At the ripe old age of 28 years, which you actually joined the network, I believe was O10 Network. Is that correct? Yes, it was called the O10 Network now. Now it's called the 10 Network. But, uh, yeah, so I I was there for about seven years on camera and doing all those things that you do, yeah. And your TV show, Jimmy, was called Time for Living. You were there for seven years, so that's a great run, isn't it? Yes, it went to Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, yeah, five o'clock every Saturday afternoon. Yeah, fabulous. I I look forward to talking about that later. It has been said of you, Jimmy, that you've been through more stations than the Queensland Rail. Is that right, Jimmy? (laughs) I made a mind grab. Graham Kemp that I worked with in uh, Brisbane Radio for quite a few years, he at uh, one function said, Jimmy White's been through more stations than Queensland Rail. <laughs> just a bit of a musical prostitute then, eh? Yeah, just a one-liner. <laughs> oh, that's great. You know, I mean, that that's obviously your passion and love and, and, and you're still there doing it. So it clearly is a passion and love. You, you yeah, can't absolutely. be there all this time and not love what you do. And I understand, Jimmy, back in the early days, you um, you could pick up what songs you liked as a radio announcer DJ, taken from the station uh, music library, 
And I think it's different now. And am I correct? Is it true that there was no there was no virulin and no country and western? Can you qualify that, Jimmy? Uh, look, pretty well. Um, there were special shows on radio that may have featured a country and western uh, hour or half an hour, but generally it was top 40 music uh, of the day, the uh, the 50s and 60s, and uh, as the years went by into the 70s, and you picked your own music, you knew what you played the day before, so you'd leave them alone and um, you'd play other stuff and two weeks down the track you'd come back to some of the songs you like. But today... There's no choosing your own music. It's all computed and you play what's on the playlist. It's all configured. It's all, it's all done through a very different system, isn't it, altogether? Yes. Yeah, yeah totally. Totally. Yeah. 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 So how, how can you, I mean, obviously I, I've sort of announced everybody a lot of different radio stations. I'm sure there's many stories you could bring out. But so within those radio stations and those stories, how do you find that how it was back then when you were in charge of what people were going to listen to because it was through what you loved and obviously people would gravitate to you because they loved what you loved as well and that would bring that popularity up wouldn't that of that of that show of you as the dj we call them djs back in england and i know over here you're referred to as radio announcers so i don't know if that's something i've kind of um misunderstood on any level but would you like to qualify that actually before we start well, in the early days, um, yeah, we were called radio announcers, but depending on what station you work for and their music policy, you'd, you'd get DJ, he's a DJ, or the Brecky jock, or the nighttime jock, or radio announcer. And uh, the things that uh, you were just mentioning is the fact that, um, you know, there were the songs that were popular, and most people liked all that music. And uh, you'd go back two years and play uh, a track from yesterday, but generally the music you played was all the stuff out there the listeners liked, and that was the way the format was. Okay, so you were really making sure you connected with them and what they liked, and you just passionately love music anyway. Yes. And and so you're connecting with your audience and you're connecting with your, the, the passion of the music, and that has been felt down the airwaves quite clearly, isn't it? Yes, yes, it is. So, uh, well, I, well, I catch you. I'm driving up to Brisbane and sometimes you, you come on the Gold Coast Radio. We know Jimmy's voice straight away, and, uh, and it is that. It's all about connection, isn't it? It totally is. And, and, and you've got to get a, a psychological feeling in your head when you're on air, you're talking to a microphone, but you've got to know you're talking to people. You've got to know the diverse uh, population you are talking to, some are like yourself in cars, sitting home, uh, out the back, um, you know, having a party. And you've got to be aware of all that in your head as you broadcast. Yes. And that experience of yours really comes through. And I think that's what's so attractive. That, that, you might not think about it when you're the listener, but you just think, oh, God, I really like this guy. He just sounds so good and I feel so inclusive. Yeah. You know, you, you have that, it has that warmth, that gravitating warmth, doesn't it? A good DJ, a good disc jockey, a good jockey, a good announcer. That They have that ability. That's why they become... Yeah, it, come, it comes with time, um, you know, as you said, 56 years in the industry. It's the only thing I've done. I've never sold cars. I've never worked in a shop. I've just been always in the broadcasting industry. And it's a job to me, you know. A lot of people will come past and say, gee, he's pretty smooth, but he's not on top of himself. It's because that's my job. That's all I've known. And that's it. 
Yes, indeed. So going back to that original question that I actually had, but I did stop myself partway through, how is the comparison of those early years of you being in charge in that particular way to how it actually works now? What's the comparison? As I mentioned, back in the early days, you'd pick your own songs and you'd pick uh, tracks from albums that were popular in, in those days. And uh, when you finished your shift, you'd go to the library and put them all back and the other announcers would do the same thing. Then um, one day uh, they said, we've got this thing called a cassette. We went, what's a cassette? He said, there's music <laughs> on it. You put it into that and you hit it and then... From cassettes, it uh, it moved to, what's this? It's a CD. What's a CD? <laughs> you put them into the CD folders. So all of a sudden, you know, in this particular territory we work in these days, you walk into a radio station, there might be one um, turntable there just in case the whole system falls down but yes. you turn on the computer and on the computer it's got every song everything that's going to happen the commercial breaks all that and you've got you know the the infrastructure to hit that in comes a commercial break you can do all sorts of magic things and of course these days you know I can record from my studio at home I don't have to go to the radio station they're chosen for you. Do you like the music that's chosen for you to announce? Do you like it, what they're choosing? Yes. Yeah, yeah I, I do like the music. That They play the music I like. Uh, it's a very popular radio station. Um, you know, you've got a track sometimes from the late 50s, early 60s, a couple of those, but it's 80s, 90s, and like, you know, music of Ed Sheeran today, you know, that sort of, uh, that sort of format. It's great. Yes, yeah, indeed. So that, and what a bonus, because I have heard it from um, some radio announcer DJs that um, they've, they've gone into situations where they haven't liked that anymore. So that, what a great bonus for you to still be there and loving it, Jimmy. That's just so encouraging. So you've gone through the changing times. Well, I have gone th uh, through the changing times, and it's interesting when you talk about that, because when I was at 4BH in Brisbane, they uh, turned away from top 40, and I wasn't called the White Knight anymore, playing the music at night between 7 and 10 and uh, I didn't particularly like this easy listening music which was not my style of music and so I took as you mentioned a job at 6KY in Perth went to the west coast of Australia for six months and then came back to another radio station that were playing the songs I like to play and the current music that most people liked yeah yeah. So do you have any, what what particular station do you most fondly remember or working, uh, well, as I say, you know, you've done uh, more radio shows than the Queensland Railway. It's so, so a what, pretty hard one. <laughs> I suppose they all have their joys, but are there any that really stand out? Um, for 4BH in Brisbane really stood out. Yeah, that was that was a that was a really good station, and um, 4GR Toowoomba stood out too. You know, but but they all had their number one points wherever they were. You know, I think you're ringing, Jimmy. That's quite fun. I think I think the phone was <laughs> ringing, but but it's stopped now. Okay. <laughs> Where were we then? Sorry. <laughs> uh, that was 4BH in Brisbane. Yeah. Yeah, can you just say the reasons why you liked it again? So it's 4BH in Brisbane, Jimmy. What what did you like about that? Well, what I liked about that was the, the music again was the music I came back to, you know, top 40, the great hits of the uh, 60s and, uh, and 70s, um, leaving at 10 o'clock at night 
and going to a place called the Lands Office Hotel and comparing for two hours where you'd have legends like Johnny O'Keefe on stage, uh, people like Lucky Star, uh, you know, experts from the 60s that were legends back in those days, current uh, show performers and a lot of people in front of you and just yeah. a great atmosphere, yeah. you know. That was, that was why I like 4BH. So was it national and international as well? No, it was pretty well national. Yeah, national, yeah. Pretty well national. Because I understand that Johnny O'Keefe, very beloved of Australia as well, you became very good friends with him, didn't you? Yes, I became a good mate with JOK, as we called him, and um, we spent uh, a lot of time together, especially when he came to Queensland because Jimmy White was the only bloke he wanted to put him on stage. (laughs) And... uh, (laughs) I stayed a couple of times, three yeah. times uh, in uh, One Holt Street, Double Bay with him. And, uh, yeah, he said, uh, hey, one night, he said, uh, listen, you've got to put me on stage tonight at the South Wentworthville Rugby League Club, which I did. And I was in Brisbane Television too back in those days. Nice, yeah. And we did this great show and um, we finished and this lovely family came walking towards us with three daughters. And he said, mate, I'm just going to have to sign this autograph. And the 14-year-old said, because I was known as Jay, J. White then. JJ, can I have your autograph, please? So <laughs> there you go. She watched that show called Time for Living. Yeah. So um what do you remember of your Mount Isa station, which is obviously North North Queensland, slightly inland, isn't it? One of the biggest, like you said, one of the biggest uh cities. What's your memories of Mount Isa? Mount Isa was a, a hard working town for men and women, you know, they had uh uh, a lot of uh, development going under underground mining and a lot of stuff in Mount Isa. It was certainly a, a large, big country town. It had um, a huge audience, um, didn't have too much connection with your audience, but they knew who you were. And uh, I had, yeah, I had a good uh, nine months in Mount Isa. Yeah. 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 And then transferred back to uh, 4IP. Yeah. yeah. Is, is it not one of your more preferred places to have done a show for, for any other reasons? Um, I, had a, I had a choice of getting back to Colour Radio 4IP and I left a station in Mwollombar and the manager, general manager, said, now, we've asked you once to go to Mount Isa, will you go this time? And I thought, oh, to get me straight into the industry continually, yeah, I'll do Mount Isa, yeah. I wouldn't have chosen to go there myself. Yeah. No. It's that because of the terrain out there and, and you know, it's not kind of so it's the terrain. It's a more kind of out back in the bush, really quite hot place to be, isn't it? Yes, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a country city and uh, it's got three pubs, a lot of terrain, maybe one nightclub and that's it. You make your own fun. That's it. <laughs> Well, Dr. Prog, as you, who you know as well, he did three years up there as a flying doctor. And uh, he's, yeah. I mean, he's got incredible stories of that time for that particular yeah. job. They're amazing. But it, I suppose once the three years were up, it was um, time to make that shift. It really was. Yeah, without, without flying doctors and places like that, the place would be broke. Absolutely. Uh, it's just truly amazing what they do, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Great yeah. stories, yeah. And I'm curious about um, the stint you did for the um, for the uh, radio show 4GR in Toowoomba. Yeah. 4GR Toowoomba, um, lovely city, um, one of the largest uh, country cities in Queensland and probably Australia. Uh, huge audience. Uh, again, I was doing nights there. Uh, the music was great. 
the people were fantastic. And uh, that's that's about all I can say about the place, just comfortable working and comfortable living in a place like Toowoomba, yeah. And again, you went transatlantic or trans-Australian, I should say, not Atlantic, <laughs> across to Radio 6K uh, W at Perth. So what was that like? Because that's obviously, you know, I mean, this is a massive continent. And you're going from one side to the other. So was there quite a change or was it just business as usual or did you see a difference? It, it was business as usual with what you did, being on air as a broadcaster, um, the same sort of context of music I liked. But... It was a long way from where I lived, you know. Perth, Western Australia is a long way from uh, Brisbane, Australia. And after uh, about uh, six or seven months, I um, decided to make a break and go back to 4BH in Brisbane. And I went and put my resignation in and I'd just come out number one at night on 6KY in Perth. Yeah, yeah. And so I spoke to the uh, the broadcasters, uh, the chief of broadcasters there, and he said, you're not going anywhere. You've signed a contract. You're here. And I went, uh-huh, all right, let me think about it. So I went down to the travel agency and spoke to Qantas and booked a flight two weeks later and went back and said to the general manager, there's two weeks' notice, I am going somewhere, contracts are meant to be broken, break mine because I won't be here in two weeks. And they said, yeah, we give up. And then I left and went back to, to Brisbane to 4, 4 BK. Yeah, yeah. There you are. You're the man. You're the man, yeah. Jimmy. <laughs> now, can I ask some um, questions? So it's just a bit fun as well. Um, have you ever made any announcement mistakes at all live on radio in the past? <laughs> well, look, um, yeah, I'm... I've made a few mistakes. I mean, sometimes you're having a, a bad day and uh, I happened to drop a piece of paper down and I went, oh, can't mention the word and bent down and came back and the mic's on. I'm going, oh, I hope <laughs> that, that didn't live go on air? Was that, was that live yeah. on air? Oh, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but generally, no, 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 nothing major. I can't remember too much major um, of mistakes I've made on air, no. And um, I understand that your father didn't support you in what you were going into. Are you able to explain why that was? Well, Dad wasn't into it. He thought I'd probably become uh, some sort of a senior accountant somewhere or, or an executive. And I said to him at 15 and a half, going on 16, I'd like to do a radio course in Brisbane. And he said, a radio course? He said, how do you spell hop hippopotamus? Hippopotamus. And I said... <laughs> I'm not too sure. And he said, how would you ever become a radio announcer? So I did the course. Um, Jim Eilif was the person, uh, a really large name in Brisbane radio at that time. And I did the course and I was 16 and a bit. And he said, listen, he said, you've done pretty well. He said, but you're young. Um, you do the course with me next time and it's free. Okay. He said, but if you want to go somewhere, where would you like me to send the tape? And I said, I know the accountant's father at 4ZR Roma. I went to school with him. He was a boarder at Dillacell. He said, well, I'll send it there, okay? Three months later, we get a call. They said, you've got a job as a trainee announcer. Get out here. They Isn't that fantastic? You know, yeah, that's yeah. wonderful. And how did your mum feel about you becoming a, a radio announcer? Mum, mum was pretty quiet on it, but enjoyed the uh, the spills of hearing me on radio, um, and she continued to uh, support me when I was in, you know, her listening audience of Ipswich and and Brisbane, 
And then, of course, uh, she got a bigger kick when I went into the O10 network as an on-camera personality and she could watch her son there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. How, how wonderful is that? Did your dad come around to it then? Did he eventually come around to it? And when he saw oh, he, that you well, were doing well, it, yeah. Yeah, my, my dad came out with me to Forza Roma and recorded my four, first ever broadcast, which I have on, on CD. And uh, it sounded like he says, this is Jim's first audition from 4ZR <laughs> well, It wasn't an audition. It was my first on-air ship. <laughs> and, uh, and Dad stayed with me in 4ZR for two weeks and um, four months later he'd passed away. Oh, yeah. oh, I'm sorry yeah. about that, Jim. But, Jimmy, yeah. I mean, so, okay, he, initially he wasn't there in support, it sounds like, just because he didn't understand it. And they, in, back in those days, a proper job was not somebody who went into film or singing or radio. They, that To them, it wasn't a proper job back in those days, was it? Um, in the, the way, just the way they were brought up, the way they thought. Back, back in those days, um, you had big names in... Uh, in radio, you know, even back then, John Laws and um, big names in Brisbane radio, and they were sort of talk hosts, and and anyone in radio in those days were looked up to because you know TV was just starting and all that sort of yeah. stuff. So if you were in radio, you you were a bit of a name, and and that's it. These days, it's not so much that anymore. Yeah. And um, but yeah, people really looked up to anyone in the uh, in the on air industry back in those days. Yeah. So um, do you have a best radio moment or something that sticks out from fond memory at all? Oh, gee, taking me back a track. Uh, <laughs> well, especially when you become number one, you know, your, your radio shift is number one. That's always a big moment. Um, a lot of people that uh, you may have interviewed through the years, uh, again, like the Johnny O'Keefe's and the Lucky Stars, a lot of people listening to us and watching us would probably not know of, maybe in different markets of the world. Um, or different countries, yeah. yeah. Uh, different countries. But, um, yeah, a lot of um, a, a lot of people that um, were big names in the Australian uh, music industry, uh, I enjoyed doing that, um, enjoying having some fun and laughter, um, making fun of different people on air. Sometimes you become a comedian, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, all that mixed into one makes it all happen. Yes, yes. So um, did you do the top 40 itself when you would announce the number one sh- hit at all? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've got a top 40 chart, I think, from 1968 at home. Um, do you know, that's the one question I haven't thought to ask you. It's just popped into my head to me. Well, of course you would have done. What a hoot that must have been to be that everybody's waiting and you're the one that's announcing that. That must have been a real adrenaline rush. Well, see, people could walk into places like Parlings in Brisbane and Queen Street and uh, different radio stations had the top 40 and, uh, you know, you could walk in uh, on week three and uh, pick up Jimmy White's face and the top 40 chart uh, and take it home. And a lot of people still these days say, I've got a top 40 chart with your with your face on, yeah. Oh, Jimmy, you've got to bring that over here. I've got, I've got to have a look at some of these charts that you've got. That yep, I yep. love it. I love that, that memorabilia. Yep. It's fantastic, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and no do, you recall, do you recall any particular announces of a song that got to number one that you particularly love and you couldn't wait to announce that it had actually got there? Have you got one or two that come to mind of that excitement? 
Oh, well, it may have been back in those days with top 40 charts. Anything the Beatles brought out, you know, (laughs) that that became number one was a favourite song of mine. But overall, generally, no, I've, I've basically liked it all. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And were there any, to your memory, that were unknown artists that kind of just crawled up and just got there and it was just a lot of excitement because they did it quickly, almost as unknowns? Do you recall any of that at all? And it's quite a while back, all this stuff. And you've done a lot of shows and there's probably excitement every single day. There's so much There's so much to what you've done. But uh, Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm just trying to think of a couple of ladies, but I can't remember their names. Um, they became hit makers. Um, pretty soon after releasing a song. Uh, that one's just passed me. Did you ever play Tina Arena, for example, as she was coming to her fame? Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 So would, yeah. You, would you have played the song Chains by any chance? Yes, I've played Chains, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that yeah. is probably, you know, it's a favourite song all round. It even sits well with um, prog rockers, you know. And I don't know what your awareness is of progressive rock or prog rock, whether you've ever played that, because it is a different genre. It has had a lot of stick over the years, but that's obviously... Don't mind the Led Zeppelin. Played a bit of that. I mean, I've certainly played Genesis and Phil Collins, who was a drummer. He's become an international hit maker himself with a whole heap of number ones, yeah. Yeah. Did you ever play him during the time that he was with... Um, uh, oh, quickly, I've got to think of the name now. <laughs> not Genesis. Genesis, yeah. Did you did you play him the time when they were with Genesis or not so much yeah. that? when yeah. he was? Oh, you did play Genesis, yeah. yeah. So, oh, yeah. Um, But Genesis did become more popular. They, they kind of shifted and ch- changed their sound to a more popular feel. So Played a bit of Pink Floyd, yeah, a bit of Pink Floyd, yeah, yeah. So, But it wasn't per se progressive. These were the ones that these progressive rock bands actually did more of um, the singles type material that, that they would release off an album but the album would be a bit more involved on the more prog side. So you weren't actually playing these lengthy prog songs. No, no. No, no yeah, it was the, no, their hit no. ones, yeah. Yes, so I was just yeah. curious about that because I know that you're doing the more popular music and I was just curious as to where that went. So I, the number one hit thing, I can't wait to get that off you. I'm very excited about that. Okay, I'll drop it into <laughs> you. So you know what? I, I understand, and I don't know where this fits in with this. This might might be not the radio thing. It might be more the, t- the TV thing. But I understand that you met Colonel Sanders. Yeah, Colonel Colonel Harlem Sanders and his wife. They came up for an Australian tour, and um, this is the guy from KFC, isn't it, Jimmy? Yes, yeah, KFC. Right, yeah. Colonel Sanders himself, the originator of KFC, Kentucky Fried Chicken, and yeah. uh, it was uh, one midweek morning. Uh, it was on the John Crook show, and when John Crook uh, didn't do his morning show, I'd take over that show and do it—a live television program with different artists. And um, anyway, one morning I'm just walking up the studio, to the studio, and here comes this, he would have been 80-something then with his wife, and there he was dressed in his white like you see him on those signs today. And uh, I introduced and I said, uh, Colonel Harlem Sanders, Jimmy White. He said, lovely to meet you, son. Lovely to meet you. (laughs) And he walked into the... uh, Why was he there at that moment? Are you aware of it? He, he came to Australia and was doing promotions for Kentucky Fried Chicken. So he was, he was visiting every television station in Australia and doing every interview that they could get him on, you know. So do you have a worst radio moment? Didn't get found out, but it was one night when I was doing Midnight to Dawn on Colour Radio for IP, and I, uh, it was about 1.15 in the morning, and I played um, uh, track two of um, an Elvis Presley album. 
And so I um, put it to air, turned the mic off, took my headphones off and thought I'm a little bit tired, so just put my head down. And at 10 past five that morning, the newsroom uh, guy walked in and shook me and I went to <laughs> grab the microphone. He pulled my hand away and he said, how long have you been asleep? And I said, um, uh, I think since 1am. <gasps> and um, you couldn't pick up the phone because when you're on air and the phone <laughs> rings, are just a little red light flashes so you don't hear phone calls if you're on air. So I don't know whether anyone rang, but he said, I'm not going to tell anyone unless you do. So we both shut up and... I didn't get the sack for that. That was a, a very moment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Life happens, hey, Jimmy. It does. It happens. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. I fall asleep. <laughs> so apart from apart from the obvious and playing some of the most incredible music that you've got to play, what else about working as a DJ at Radio 9 set, what else is great about that job? The, the greatness about the job is being able to be behind a microphone and talking to huge audiences out there. And you've got to remember what you say, what your ad-libbing ability is all about. They're going to hear that. So before you put the microphone on, You've got a few things to do. You'll have a look at the time, maybe give a time call when you want to do a time call, back announce the three songs, maybe put something into the uh, song in the middle that uh, was a little bit of an extension of that person. Um, make some comments yourself if you feel in that way. And, um, yeah, that's all important. That's all very important. Yeah. So because, as you know, Jimmy, I'm a fledgling here with the yeah. podcast show uh, that, that these days, these go uh, directly yeah. globally out there to whoever wants to, you know, you're trying to grow your audience just as you would do. And uh, what would you give me? Because I'm a fledgling here. So you have just said it, but would you take it further and give me some more um, of your wonderful years of experience in this what to look out for because you've just said the positive thing to do be pre it's kind of be prepared and be ready is the biggest thing isn't it and Trust, I have... you're doing a great job you're doing a great job and uh, I'd, I'd love to do uh, some more podcasts with you oh that's great Jimmy because I'll be learning along the way and not only that there's there's going to be thousands of more stories that come up from you as we start to you know it just does because I've I've had chats with you before and it's just enthralling and I'm belly laughing on the floor as well <laughs> <laughs> well you really have lived a life you know and you have met some internationally fantastic people in your career which when you come back for the um, second part of the show because you have made it clear that you would be happy to come back for a second time I better just check with you that you are happy with that <laughs> Absolutely. Can't Lovely. wait. Oh, well, I can't wait to talk with you about your TV life and the TV shows and the incredible people that you've met that really are worldwide known. And yeah. uh, that's going to be terrific fun. But um, is there anything else that you can think about that you can add to the wonderful radio career that you had that might pop up in mind that um, that's, that's happened or, or any any disappointments maybe? Oh, look, you'll always get disappointments with ratings if you don't rate that well. Uh, you won't hop on to air every day and do a great show. Sometimes you'll walk out of the studio and say, oh, that was pretty ordinary. Um, whether the audience think it was ordinary or not is another thing. But within yourself, you know, you, you think 
you think that yourself. But at the end of the day, you know, being uh, in the early 70s these days, um, you know, I'm still on air, I'm still on radio, you know, and uh, you get people that listen to you, especially over uh, Christmas times, and you'll get uh, lovely letters, you'll get um, a couple of surprises with, um, you know, prizes they'll buy you. And uh, that means a lot to, uh, even if you get one person doing it, it means a hell of a lot to you when you're on air and someone thinks that much of you to push something your way god that is absolutely wonderful so that little sort of um not so positive questions turned out to yeah. be a very positive thank answer. you tracy what a beautiful way to end our first meeting jimmy and i want to thank you so much as well for coming in and agreeing to i feel very honored because you really are australia's radio and tv royalty here so i know that i can learn from you listening to you and taking um, advice so i appreciate that so much there's always a long way to go but um, uh, this has been absolutely terrific. So to you guys listening out there, I hope you've really loved listening to Jimmy, who's got so much experience. He's gone through the ages. He's seen it change. He's seen what happens, but he's still there and loving it through those changes and those happenings. Isn't that absolutely fantastic? So uh, so we're going to be getting a bit more of Jimmy next week. But uh, before then, Jimmy, what would you say to anybody out there listening into you at the moment before as as you're saying goodbye? I'd just like to say thank you for enjoying this uh, podcast with yourself, Tracy, and uh, I hope you've enjoyed some of the memories <laughs> that uh, I've presented for you over the last few years. And uh, the other thing uh, is that this thing here called yeah. The Voice, it's made a lot of money doing voiceover commercials over many years too. Yeah. Oh, let's speak about that in the second show then, Jimmy. Let's have a bit more about that. would be great. Um, I'll pick your yep. brains about that then. So you'll be back next week doing that uh, here on... <laughs> TPW, I've got to get it right. Tracy's Progwell, I'm just see guys out there. I'm trying to shorten it. I've got to remember exactly how to say it, haven't I? I'm getting tongue-tied and <laughs> twisted, but that's fine. We can all do that, can't we? So, uh, yes. yeah, so, um, yeah la- ladies and gentlemen, that's the show today with Jimmy White from the Gold Coast Radio Station, 94.1, as he's wearing so proudly on his lapel, and quite rightly so. Thank you all for joining me out there, and uh, it's been wonderful. You're all great guys, so don't forget, take care of yourself and love one another and uh, don't forget to tune in next week to Tracy's Prog World.